And thank you, Jan, for your beautiful songs that you have shared with us and for the beautiful messages that are in them. Amen. Well, welcome to each one of you, and we're glad that you are joining us here online. And I want to tell you a joke that my husband told me. (laughs) A young boy went home and was so excited that he had a role in his school play. Now, this is obviously before COVID. His father said, well, tell me about the role. What what role did you get and, and what part are you playing? He said, well, the part that I was given was a husband who has been married for 25 years. Well, the father pat him on the back and said, you know, son, it's okay. Next time, maybe you'll get a speaking role. (laughs) Well, I hope that you have had a wonderful week, and indeed we do wish God's blessings upon you. And today we'll be looking at This Christmas May You Be Reminded, part two. And let's read the scripture, and if you have your Bibles, would you turn to Matthew chapter 2. And I know this passage of scripture was read earlier, but that's okay. It's a reminder of the Christmas story. Matthew chapter 2, starting at verse 1, says this. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them, where is the Christ, was where the Christ was to be born? In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people, Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, indeed we thank you for this passage of scripture. Lord, we thank you for the beautiful gift that you have given us in your son Jesus. And we pray that in this Christmas season you would help to open up our minds and our hearts to be reminded, Lord, of the wonderful things that you have given us and blessed us with. And so, Lord, may you open up our our minds indeed and our hearts to your passage of scripture and to your word today. And may you speak to us, Lord, 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may wonder, what exactly are magi? Sometimes we called them kings, sometimes we called them wise men. Well, magi were almost what the Levites were in Israel. They were men of holiness and wisdom. These men were skilled in philosophy, medicine, and natural science. And so these magi, these wise men, they specifically had studied and knew that there was going to be a Messiah, a Savior, one that they would come and worship. And in this passage of scripture, we read about that journey. We read about how they came about worshiping Jesus. This Christmas, may you be reminded to make it a priority to worship Jesus. These wise men, or magi, made it a priority to go out of their way to worship this Jesus, this king that was to be born. It says that after Jesus was born, the star appeared and they set out to worship him. They set out to worship him. The magi made it their priority, their mission to go to the place that Jesus was born. Jesus' birth was prophesied hundreds of years before, and they sought to worship this Messiah, this promised one. In our own lives, we worship God in many different ways. Part of that may be coming to church and singing and listening to God's word, but worship is far more than just what we do on a Sunday morning. Worship is our lifestyle. It's how we live and how we speak. It's how we treat our neighbors and what we do when no one's looking. It's the things that we think of and it's the the motivations behind what we do. It's the condition of our heart and it's the priorities that we make. You see, worship is far more than just an action once a week. Worship is a lifestyle. And we need to make it a priority in everything that we do to worship God, to worship the Lord. We can worship God by singing and praising. We can worship him by praying, by reading his word, by the places we go and the people that we choose to engage with, our actions, our volunteer ministries. We worship God by giving of our tithes and offerings. There are so many different ways that we worship God. But may we be reminded, especially in this Christmas season and as we enter in to a new year soon, to make it a top priority to worship Jesus. There are so many things that we can fill our time with, but may we strive to make Jesus our priority. May we strive in everything that we do to worship him. I want you to understand that the journey for these magi was not an easy one. The journey that they had to take in order to come to Jesus, to be able to worship him, was a very long and difficult one. It would have taken several months of travel, dangerous situations from thieves and wild animals, and they would have had to endure many challenges such as heat and environmental challenges that surrounded them. And I'm sure that there were probably times where they wondered, is it really worth it? Should we really continue? 
And there are times in our life where we may wonder the same thing. Is it really worth it? The things that I have to go through, the sacrifices that I have to make, but I tell you, it is worth it. It is worth it. Make it a top priority to worship God. Make it a top priority to worship him even when it's not convenient to worship him. You know, right now, because our services are online, it's pretty convenient for us to be able to worship God, right? In terms of joining in online as you are doing right now. And that's wonderful, and I encourage you to continue to do this. But I want to challenge you and really help you to understand that even after COVID is over and the church doors are back open and we are able to gather together as a church family, make it a priority. It may not necessarily be as convenient as just turning on your TV, your phone or computer, but come and worship him because he is worthy of our praise. Amen. He is Amen. worthy. Worship him even when it's not convenient for you. Worship him even when you don't feel like worshiping him. Worship him simply because he is God and he is worthy of our praise. Worship him by going to church when we're able to. Worship him by reading your Bible and setting aside your phone and TV remote and focusing on him. Worship him by giving at least 10%, 10% of what he requires in our tithe. Worship him by volunteering in that ministry, even when you would prefer to be doing something else, we can choose to make God our top priority and give him our worship, even when it's not convenient. You know, as I, I read this passage of scripture, and I've read it so many times, what hit me was they, they came and they asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? They wanted to know, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? You see, it's important for us to understand that when Jesus was born, he wasn't born to become king. He was born the king. Amen. He was born king. And so from the beginning, he was worthy of all our praise, and he is worthy. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and he deserves our worship. This Christmas, may you make him a top priority. This Christmas also, may you be reminded, number two, to seek the Lord first above all else. May you be reminded to seek him first above everything else that is going on in your life. It says that after they had heard the king, they went on their way and the star that they had seen when it went over them, and then it stopped over the place where the child lay. They sought out the Lord and they followed him. They sought after him in order to find him. They sought him. And in this day, we can seek out many different things that we feel may find, we may find fulfillment and joy and pleasure and enjoyment in. There are so many things in this world that can entice us and cause us to want to run after them in terms of money and career and, and position and power and, and all of these things that may be around us, fame and fortune and beauty and image, all of these things that we can run after, be reminded that it's only temporary. 
All of these things will fade away. They will one day be no more. But the thing that we are to seek after, to seek first and put first, is God. He is the one who deserves our praise, and he tells us to seek him first. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. What that simply means is that when we put God first, he helps things to fall into place. And in simpler terms, when we take care of God's business, he takes care of ours. When we seek him first and put him first, that means that he's our first phone call. That means that he is the first one that we tell. That means that he is the first one that we confide in. That means that he is always on our mind and that we are in constant communion with him. Have you been seeking God first? Have you been seeking God first in every situation in your life? Have you been seeking God in the good times as well as in the bad times? Have you been putting him first? Maybe this Christmas and New Year, you need to start seeking him first. And maybe that may mean seek him for the healing that you are still waiting for. Maybe you need to seek God for direction in a major decision you will have to make. Maybe you need to seek God first for the right spouse to come into your life. Maybe you need to seek God in order to grow more spiritually and really study his word. Maybe you need to seek God first for the career path or job that he is going to lead you in or the direction of school you should go in. Maybe you need to seek God for a son, daughter, grandchild, or family member who has gone astray. Maybe you need to seek him over a victory, over a temptation or addiction. Maybe you need to seek him in order to restore and mend a relationship with a family member or friend. Or maybe it just simply is that you need to seek him for his will for your life. Whatever it may be, may you seek him first above all else. First Chronicles chapter 16 verse 11 tells us, seek the Lord and his strength, seek his face continually. That means that we don't seek God or, or run to God only when we need things from him. But that means that we continuously seek him, that we continuously go to him, that we continuously talk to him, that he is our friend and that we treat him as such. We treat him as a part of our lives and not just there when we need him. We're told to ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened. Matthew chapter 7 verse 7 reminds us, this Christmas may we truly seek God first above all else. May we also be reminded this Christmas, number three, Give the Lord your very best. May you be reminded to give the Lord your very best. Don't just give him whatever's left over or give to him if there's any, you know, extra. Give him your very best. Verse 11 says, On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. 
You see, these magi sought after Jesus. They sought after him. They went out of their way to worship him. But not only did they come before him to worship him, but they came bringing gifts. They came giving him their very best. Now, it's important to understand that we're actually never told in Scripture exactly how many wise men or magi there were. Many people tend to assume that there were only three because three gifts were given, but the Scripture never tells us exactly how many of them there were. But that's not as significant as the gifts that they gave to Jesus. You see, the gifts that they came and brought to Jesus were maybe a little unusual to give a baby, right? When you think of giving a baby a gift, you may think of a toy or a rattle or a washcloth or socks or something that the baby could actually use in that stage of life. And so the gifts that they came and brought to baby Jesus were a bit unusual to give to a baby. But you see, it was by no means a coincidence. God directed them to bring these very significant gifts. The gift of gold is the gift of a king. Jesus, man born to be king, was to reign not by force, but by love. He was going to rule over human hearts, not from a throne, but from a cross. He was given the gift of gold, the gift of a king. Then we see that the gift of frankincense, or sometimes the scripture refers to it as just incense, was given. That gift of frankincense was the gift of a priest. It was in the temple worship and temple sacrifices that the sweet perfume of frankincense was used. The function of a priest was to open up the way of God for men and women to be able to communicate. This is exactly what Jesus did for us. He opened up the way to God. He made it possible for us to enter into the very presence of God. Jesus was given the gift of frankincense, the gift of a priest. He was also given his third gift, the gift of myrrh, which was a gift of, for one who is to die. Myrrh was used to embalm bodies of the dead. Jesus came into this world with a very specific mission, and ultimately that mission was to die. These gifts that the wise men presented was by no means a coincidence, but it showed from the very birth from his cradle the fact that they foretold what was to come, that he was to be and was the true king, the perfect high priest, and in the end, the supreme savior of the world who gave up his life. They gave him their very best. Are we giving God our very best? Amen. Do we give God our very best? So you may ask, how can I give the Lord my very best? How can I give him the very best in my life? Well, give him the beginning of your day and spend time with him every day. Give him not only 10% of your tithe, but go above and beyond, giving him your very best. Giving him your very best may mean giving of your time, your talents, and ultimately what God wants 
our heart, and our life. He wants us to give our very best. You see, God gave us his very best. He held nothing back but gave us his very best by giving us his one and only son, Jesus Christ. And so I challenge you this Christmas season and as we enter into this new year, may you strive to give God your very best in every single aspect of your life. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 tells us, But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He gave his very best from the very beginning. May we too give him our best. This Christmas, may you also be reminded, number four, to be open and obedient when the Lord speaks to you. To be open and obedient when he speaks. You see, in verse 12, it says, And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. The Lord used a dream to speak to these magi. He specifically used this dream in order to communicate a message to them. And it may have been easy for them to just brush it off and not listen. But the fact that they listened changed the whole course of things. It's important for us when we sense the Lord speaking to us that that we listen, that we listen carefully to what he has to say. And not only do we listen, but that we are obedient as well. I'm sure that it would be frustrating to you if your children or grandchildren often listened to what you had to say to them, but yet they didn't do what you asked, right? In the same way, God not only wants us to listen to what he has to say to us, but he wants us to be obedient in our action toward him as well. Christ can speak to us in so many different ways in our life, but may we be open to how he speaks Very rarely today does God speak to us through an audible voice, but that doesn't mean that he's not speaking to us. May we be open to hearing God speak through a sermon, just like this one, through a song, just as Jan had shared beautiful songs with us. May we be open to God speaking through a scripture or through a person in his spirit or through a dream or whatever means he may use May we be open to hearing from God, and may we truly be open to not only hearing, but being obedient to how he speaks to us. Perhaps the Lord this Christmas or even in this new year may lead you in a particular way. May you choose to be obedient as he leads you. Maybe that may mean volunteering in a particular ministry, joining a Bible study or small group, mentoring a child or a teenager, giving to a needy family or befriending a newcomer to Christ. Maybe that may mean responding to a call to ministry, whether that is being a pastor or evangelist or missionary. Whatever it may be that the Lord may speak to you about this Christmas season and in this new year and years to come, may we truly not only listen, but be obedient to what he has to say to us. This Christmas, may you truly be reminded to make it a top priority to worship Jesus, even when it may not be convenient, to seek the Lord first above all else, to give the Lord your very best, 
and to be open and obedient when the Lord speaks to you. Jesus came to this earth. He came not to a throne, but to a major. He lived not as a king, but as a servant. He chose not a kingdom, but a cross. He gave not just a little, but everything. This Christmas season, may you choose to give him everything as well. Give him your heart and give him your life. Let us pray. Amen. Father, indeed, we thank you for who you are. We thank you, Lord, that in this Christmas season that we can be reminded of the beautiful gift that you have given us. We thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus. The gift of Jesus coming to bring us direction, forgiveness, hope, and ultimately, Lord, the possibility and the ability to live with you forever through the gift of eternal life. Lord, we thank you that you sent your son to us. And so, God, we celebrate his arrival. We celebrate the birth of Jesus. And we pray that through this story that we have read about, that you indeed would help us to turn our eyes upon him, especially as we enter into this week of, of celebration. God, we pray that truly you would be the guest of honor, that we would look to you and know that you are the reason that we celebrate. And we pray that through it all, you would remind us of these truths. And so help us, God, as we not only enter into this Christmas, but as we enter into a new year, may we truly put these things into practice. And so, God, we thank you for that holy night that you came. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.